Hello and welcome to Dealcast. I'm your host Samantha Tomaszczyk and today I'm joined by Patrick Harris, our senior reporter specialising in energy and natural resources. We'll be talking about the highly watched acquisition of Rand Gold by Barrick. Welcome Patrick. Let's begin with valuation. The £49 per share offer is nil premium, yet Barrick has set a shareholder threshold of 75%. Could that prove challenging? Thanks Sam. Well, Probably not. The deal with no premium came as somewhat of a shock, I think, to most shareholders on both sides. But despite initial reservations, both sides can can see that the value um, that will be accrued through the integration of the two of the two companies is is in itself a reason to vote for the deal. We wrote a story kind of looking at this possibility, and it seemed that most shareholders will vote for the deal. Um, they would, especially on the Rangold side, would probably have preferred to, to have a premium. But I think there's widespread understanding that in the gold sector, there needs to be consolidation in order to realise value, that there's been deals in the past where large premiums were offered, and that resulted basically in in an erosion of the value of the company. And this is attempting to avoid that. Is there a high proportion of cross-shareholders? Given that most shareholders in Rangold or in Barrick would be in there specifically to have gold um, exposure, there is likely to be a high proportion of cross shareholders, and for them, this deal is you know is viewed as, as as very positive because no matter what happens, you're a winner. Given the nil premium and some shareholder reluctance, as you've just described, is there scope here for a rival to come up with a higher offer? Probably not. the The rivals were all, were all crossed before the deal was announced. In fact, this deal took around five years to come about, and in that time, Barrick would have been or was talking to all the other large gold mining peers. Um, and likewise, Rangold had been talking to lots of other their gold mining peers. So the likelihood of a rival coming in now is quite low, especially given that um, this deal is very much focused on management changes uh, in that Rangold's management is going to come in and, and take over and run the enlarged combined group, which means that for, for Rangold, for, it, for its shareholders and especially for its management, this deal it would be very hard to trump what's on offer. Um, you're essentially trading in a small company for a much larger company. It was even described to me by one person as uh, it, this is Rang, um, Barrick acquiring Rangold, but in essentially Rangold is acquiring itself uh, a much larger company, um, almost like a reverse takeover, but not, not technically, but um, in terms of how it's going to be run after the deal, there are similarities to, to that, that type of transaction. So perhaps instead of rivals entering this process, they'll be taking part in further consolidation? I can see that happening without a shadow of a doubt. This deal has probably opened up the field in the gold sector. It's a sector that for a long time has had a lot of management teams, it's had a lot of assets, and the value has been eroded. The sector needs consolidation, and what this deal has done is it's shown that you can do that in a smart way, which comes down back to the fundamentals of M&A, bringing two two management teams, two portfolios together, realising value through synergies, through integration, through high-grading the portfolio. And because they've managed to do that without the premium, deals that, that maybe were in the wings where one party was talking to another but they couldn't decide on on valuation and, and on a premium and things like that, all of a sudden they, they realise probably actually we, we, we don't need a premium. If we can demonstrate that there is value to be had here and that should be fairly easy to demonstrate given the, the erosion of value in the sector, 
then we actually can do deals. And it's, um, I think for a lot of management teams and, um, and boards, it's, it's been a real eye-opener. This is the largest sector deal globally in two years, though. So do you think further deals are going to be much smaller? I think probably, at least in the gold space, they, they would be smaller because this deal creates the largest gold player in the world. So they most likely will be smaller in the gold space. I can see other African gold-focused companies or African miners um, merging and, and using this as a model. We put together an analysis piece uh, earlier this week, which we identified Endeavour, for example, which could look at becoming a, con- a consolidator in the space. And you spoke there about African mining companies. I noticed that Barrick also controls Acacia mining. Now, what does it mean for, for them, if anything? Well, Acacia's been somewhat a thorn in the side of Barrick for a long time. Barrick has been in negotiations with the Tanzanian government since last year regarding a very large tax bill that, that was handed to them. And also, related to that, a ban on certain exports from the country. So all this means that Acacia's value has plummeted. Throughout that, Barrick has also been trying to sell down its stake or sell its stake, and that has come to a dead end, mainly for those reasons that um, what's a problem for Barrick is a problem for a buyer as well. What this deal does is it brings the African expertise of Rangel's management, of Mark Bristow, of Graham Shuffleworth, people that are renowned for getting deals done, and what it is hoped to achieve is that they will come in and they will bring everyone to the table, all the stakeholders, the government, the minority shareholders, and they'll thrash out a deal. And the intrinsic value in Acacia, because Acacia has some really great gold mines, and that intrinsic value can be better realised. Thank you so much, Patrick, and thank you for listening.